Blog Talk Radio. podcast, the radio show, if you will. Uh, pardon the BC interruption. My name is Dan Rubin, your host for tonight, alongside AJ Black. A tremendous show lined up. AJ, does it feel any better? We got a national television audience tuning in on Friday. Florida State's going to be in town. A lot of special stuff to get through that will break onto the uh, that will break in with the broadcast on today. It's an, it totally puts on Saturday in the rearview mirror. I can't get any more juice. I can't get any more jack for this game on Friday. You know, after last week, all of the malaise that came up from the Howard game. And let me just let me uh, go off a little bit here. I went to the Howard game. I mat, I lasted up until halftime, sixty-two nothing. I left that game just completely, like almost in shock. It was. You know, just not a good feeling. It was just kind of like, what the hell did I just watch? And now we went, to, but we went back to our tailgate. When none of us were like, none of us even felt like drinking. That's how bad it got. And to change the feeling from that, where you know we just didn't care, to Florida State, where everyone is amped up. We want to see it's going to be about. We want to see if we can hold our own again against a team like Florida State. It's it's exciting. I you know I'm going to have a hard time sleeping this week. Well, the, this week is, is already drawing, even on a short week, is drawing incredibly long for me. Uh, I am absolutely, like I said, jacked and pumped. I stayed for three of the four quarters against Howard. I stayed for that third 10-minute, the first of the two 10-minute quarters. I was, uh, you know, I, was, I, I watched it. I, I had some opinions on it, uh, some opinions that honestly, at the end of the day, don't really matter anyway. So I, I've, I've tried to, to kind of take a general approach to the way things have gone to that game. I've put it behind me. It seems like based off the quotes that we've seen in the media, the team has put it behind them. And, you know, now we're off and running into Florida State, which is an exciting game. It's something we should get absolutely pumped up for. It is officially Red Bandana Week here at the Heights. Uh, Boston College to be honoring 
uh, Wells Crowther on Friday. The first 25,000 fans into Alumni Stadium will receive signature red bandanas in honor of Wells Crowther. AJ, I know you wore it last year for the uh, USC game. I got my red bandana already. I'm ready, and I am ready to go. Uh, a lot of good stuff in that. It, it, it always feels special every time we talk about the name Wells Crowther. And judging off of last year's game against USC, there's going to be a lot of emotion running through Alumni Stadium on Friday. Yeah, it's one of those games that every year it's going to be a big deal. And I, I appreciate um, that it's not – they didn't waste – not to say waste, but they didn't put, you know, emphasis this game on Howard because that's just – it would have been a waste of a good um, opportunity for BC. It's a big opponent. It's, it's the perfect opportunity to honor fan, uh, to honor Wells Crowther in front of a group uh, that's going to be worthy of him. Hopefully that Alumni Stadium is going to be rocking – Hopefully we're going to see, um, you know, BC playing well and, you know, his parents are going to be there. It's, it's always an emotional experience when Wells' parents are there. You know, there's at least two family, two family members that lost their child uh, on 9-11 um, and to have them honored every year. I, I, I can't say enough of it, you know. I think it's emotional. I think it really speaks to what BC is all about. And I really look forward to, you know, that opportunity. And, I was glad to hear that they're giving away uh, bandanas because I absolutely have no idea what to do with mine from last year. I, it, everything after I got off the field of Alumni Stadium was a complete blur. Um, so I don't know where it went. Um, so if I could get another one, that'd be great. I'm going to look for my old one because, you know, now I have the, you know, the good luck charm that goes along with it. So hopefully, uh, you know, I have a couple. Maybe give some to friends and whatnot. Well, alongside of that, Sports Center is going to be at the Heights, starting with a 90-minute broadcast at 6 p.m. outside Gate E of Alumni Stadium. Um, and the nation's going to really get a taste of Boston College. Lindsey Zarniak is uh, going to be participating in the Eagle Walk live during the Sports Center broadcast. She's going to walk from Gasson Hall down to Alumni Stadium with the team. So be sure to get out and get loud for that. That broadcast starts at 6 p.m. In addition, the 10th anniversary team from the first game that Boston College played against Florida State, the 2005 football team, members will be back in attendance, including Tom O'Brien, the great the notorious T.O.B., is going to be in attendance uh, to mark the 10th anniversary when college game day was in town. And I will never forget that. That was when Lee Corso first put on a headdress in war paint, one of two times he's done that at Boston College. And he fanned on the second one really badly. Uh, also, along with it, they're going to recognize a couple of Boston College alums uh, in the media industry. Um, obviously, that is not Dan Rubin because I am not a Boston College alum. So maybe AJ Black, are you getting are you getting honored for your accomplishments in the media industry? You're a Boston College grad. Yeah, no, probably not. <laughs> no, oh, that's a bummer. It will be though the Hasselbecks, Tim and Elizabeth Hasselbeck, class of 2000, class of 99, ESPN analyst, Fox and Friends host. They're going to be on the turf getting, uh, getting recognized. And if that's not enough for you, the steering committee of the Aer Lingus Classic is apparently coming in to give the evening an Irish flair. So a top of the evening to y'all, uh, which y'all is apparently a southern term in my – I can't do an Irish accent. I'm way too Middle Eastern for that. Uh, but anyways, outside Gate E, alongside of where Sports Center is going to be, some Irish step dancers, some bagpipers, they're going to be welcoming fans into Alumni Stadium. I know my gate's on the other side, so I might miss that. But end of the third quarter, you're ready for this? Ronan Tynan, the Irish tenor, 
who sings God Bless America or sung God Bless America all those times at Yankee Stadium, he's going to be at Alumni Stadium singing God Bless America at the end of the third quarter. And while we're at it, the ambassadors of the Aer Lingus Classic are going to offer a message to Boston College fans during the game. You know, we talk about the way that Boston College probably should have had the game presentation ironed out in the first two weeks. They were holding out on us. This Friday is going to be a fantastic game, AJ. Yeah, we all joked that it seemed like the first two weeks were dress rehearsals. It seems like that. It sounds like, again, that they just kind of wait. They kind of were like, you know, waiting with the FCS opponents, waiting for that big marquee matchup and just throw everything out there. Um, you know, it's been like one press release after another. And I honestly, I don't think BC is done with the press releases for the week in terms of all the events. They still haven't talked about the uniforms yet. I noticed that wasn't mentioned in the uh, in the press release for uh, Friday's game. So, I have to wonder, are they, got, are they wearing them? Are they not wearing them? I tweeted at the school earlier today, and they didn't respond. So I'm just, I'm just curious if they're going to be putting on the red bandana uniforms. I have to imagine they are. Maybe they're just kind of waiting on it. Well, they're definitely making uh, making a statement and getting ready for a fever pitch uh, on Friday night. We're getting ready for a fever pitch here tonight. Give us a call, 646 646- 200-0446. I missed last year's show. I was in the Caribbean. I, I missed the build-up to the FSU week, and boy, it has been a long time coming to feel this excited about a home game. I know I was, I was excited for last year's USC game, but I was also anticipating Boston College to get murdered. This time it feels a little bit different. We'll talk about that during the broadcast. And we'll talk about that with our guest tonight, Brittany Taylor Newman. Follow her on Twitter at Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-N-E-E, Taylor. All one word, Brittany Taylor Newman from football.com and the Dadgum Debutante. That's her personal blog. She'll be joining us, uh, a great columnist covering this, all, all the ACC and all of college football. Um, I've had the opportunity of working with her over with Mark Rogers TV a couple of times. Uh, very knowledgeable, and, and I'm, getting, I'm excited to bring her on and uh, ask her about Florida State. You know, this is a Florida State team that, AJ, coming into this week, you know, we'll talk about Boston College being an unknown, but Florida State is very much an unknown as well. They played Texas State. All right, they blew out Texas State. Great. Boston College beat Maine and blew out Howard. They struggled a little bit in the first half against South Florida. Whether or not that was a wake-up call to the second half or not is something that we'll need to look at because Florida State, they're a very talented team, but none of these guys have played together, and they have a short week of preparation Coming up to Boston College on a Friday night, it's going to be cold compared to Florida. It's going to be down into the 60s. Things can get dicey for Florida State if they're not all on the right page coming in. Yeah, you know, uh, we have some interviews coming up later in the week on the blog, and that's kind of the theme that I got from uh, some of the guys at Tomahawk Nation, uh, the SB Nation Florida State blog, is that their concern is that the talent is there, but this is almost one of those, you, you want to call it a rebuilding year for Florida State, where they're, you know, they got a new quarterback in there. They have young guys all up and down the uh, on the lines. Um, I hear the offensive line is a is a bit of a question right now. And I think if if BC wants to beat Florida State, and I'm sure they do, this is a prime year for them to do it. I don't know where, you know, we ha- I I really have a hard time saying where BC is at right now because we've only seen them play cream puffs, but if they're going to really make a move this year and, and really put themselves in a good situation, you know, they they can set the tone on Friday. If they can go out there and beat Florida state at home and really take that leap that they haven't been able to do for the last couple of years, this could be it. Well, this is a game that's going to be drawing a lot of national interest. It's the only college football game on Friday night. 
Friday night games have been the source of controversy over the last couple of years. Uh, obviously, playing Pittsburgh and Wake Forest is a little bit different than playing a, a nationally ranked powerhouse like Florida State. Give the, give the Seminoles credit where credit's due. This is a team that has not lost a regular season game since November of 2000. They have not lost a regular season road game in just about a month and a half longer than that, something I detailed earlier this week in the weekly kickoff. Uh, this is a team that, that's only lost once in the last two years. They're a national champion. They're a college football playoff contender. And even though they legitimately just fell apart, against Oregon in that in that Rose Bowl, uh, again, something that we will touch on throughout the broadcast, it's going to get really interesting to see what happens on Friday because also you know they can't take Boston College lightly. This is a Boston College team that took them to the limit while they were making those two runs. Last year, I, I will never forget that they were one drive away from beating Florida State Boston College and just came up one drive short. You talk about two-drive difference, the Hail Mary at the end of the first half and then the opening drive of the second half. That was the difference between Florida State and BC two years ago. So There's something in that dirty water that comes out of Boston, AJ. There's something in that dirty water. <laughs> you sound like those commercials on Nest and Dan. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it, yeah, it just seems like the way that BC always matches up against Florida State, it always goes in their favor, you know. Um, Clemson, not so much. I mean, we've played them pretty well as well, you know, or, or Louisville. Um, but Florida State, you know, what, what it, whatever it is, it's something about Adazio. Maybe, he's, you know, he had years at Florida. He's played these teams before. Maybe he's just not intimidated by them, and that's good, you know. He doesn't play scared. He's going to go in there. He wants to – he said it today uh, in his press uh, conference this week. He wants to go out there, and he wants to punch them in the mouth. And that's the only way they're going to beat him is by, you know, physically beating Florida State. And can it be done? That's what we're going to have to see. It is a uh, it is a very, very interesting uh, dynamic to this week. There is a lot of interesting dynamic to uh, this entire rivalry, which Florida State has not lost to Boston College since game day was here in 2009. A An emotional day that wasn't manufactured. That's the one thing that I guess we could talk about with Friday, and we'll talk about it again a little later in the broadcast, uh, is that Boston College in 2009 had game day here, and when Mark Herzlick announced that he was cancer-free and the cancer was gone, the emotion of the day, watching the, the, the on game day, watching it, and I distinctly remember sitting in my den at my parents' house, and we were all crying as you watched the, the tube get hooked up to them and the drip, the which any – if you family's ever been, had to go through god forbid a you know knock on wood a cancer treatment you know that drip is a nasty thing uh the chemotherapy drip you watch that and then your emotions are just ripped out and then you hear him announce that i'd have run through a brick wall at that game now you say is that organic versus something that can be manufactured you know what you pull out all the stops ronan tynan is a symbol of singing god bless america at a sports event the crowder family you know, I'll remember one comment this week where someone said on an FSU blog, you know, or over on Tomahawk Nation, someone left a comment that said, you know, oh, are they going to break out like like one of those other people? And, uh, you know, oh, they're going to. Oh, here it is. Not to sound like a jerk, but is Friday going to be some dead soldier tribute or a cancer re- fundraiser or the dedication of something? Because it seems like every time we play these games. An opponent, and there was a there was a word to use to describe the opponent that I'm not going to use, uses a tragedy or something inspirational to rally the team and crowd. 
Well, yes, that's exactly what's going to happen. That is exactly what's going to happen on Friday night. And if you've ever been a part of that feeling when you see the Crowther family or you talk about Wells Crowther at Boston College with the red bandana, it became so quickly ingrained in the culture of fabric of what Boston College stands for that, of course, the emotion is going to be high. And, and, and being able to, to even manufacture or tug on that, it, that's something you do that feels good to do. And it's going to create atmosphere. There's a lot of people who are going to be coming out for this game that are going to be getting wild. Yeah, you know, um, there's still tickets available. You get the emails from bceagles.com. And you've you got to go out there. You've got, go, you got to buy them. You've got to get them before they start to sell out. Because once people start hearing about, you know, this, how BC is making this game special, how they're making this, you know, an event you don't want to miss, you're going to want to be there. So i got to imagine that the tickets are going to start getting scooped up. And I, that just that added touch makes me even more excited about Friday. It makes me more excited because it's, it, this is not just a game now. This is an event. This is going to be something that's big for everyone involved. Um, from the people in the stands to people uh, like the Crowder family to the players to their families, you know, we, you know, as you said, we started off the, the telecast. This is going to be a game that no one's going to forget. Yeah, and that is that is absolutely true. I know I'm on a text chain with five other guys. They're all coming, and only one other guy even went to BC, and they're all going to come for this game strictly because of who the opponent is and what Boston College is uh, is trying to accomplish. Well, all that hype aside, and, and, and I feel like I'm Don King, and I feel like you're uh, Floyd Mayweather. Uh, I just went there and called you Floyd Mayweather, AJ. Uh, you know, oh, we've God. been <laughs> We've been hyping it, but there is, there is a point to this where we've got to analyze the opponent, and we've got to look at this team. And for that, we bring in experts, people who know about these teams a lot more than we do. And uh, with that, we bring in Brittany Taylor Newman of football.com. Follow her on Twitter at Brittany Taylor. When we talk about football experts in Florida State and the entire ACC, she is one of the names that should come to probably the top of the list. So, Brittany, thanks for joining us here on uh, BCI Radio. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited to be here. You know, I end up doing a lot of um, video and TV stuff. So when I found out this week we could talk about football and I could wear my pajamas, I was totally in. Those are pretty much the two best things in life. <laughs> well, the key the key for us is that I'm like in the in the like gym shorts and I got like a beer crack and this is like <laughs> this is this is heaven when we get to do this on Tuesday nights. I love it. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Uh you know, when we when we thanks for joining us and when we talk about Florida State in the game on Friday, um it, you know, it's an underwritten kind of rivalry between these two teams. Uh, namely because Boston College at the beginning of the ACC era had some success against the Knolls, the Knolls having won the last five against the team. But it seems like every time these two teams play, they're, they're, it's a slobber knocker type game. It's a, it's a knock them down, drag them out, physical football game that everybody's going to be entertained with. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, like you said, it's not necessarily something that's been considered a classic rivalry, but it's definitely a game um, that is worth being on upset watch for. You know, we've seen that in the past where this game has has tripped up Florida State, where Boston College has come in and, and just played lights out. And Jameis Winston himself last year said that that game against Boston College was one of the hardest games um, that he played the entire season. So, you know, it, it like you said, it may not be a classic rivalry, but this is definitely, definitely a great game to watch. 
Well, the Seminoles coming in 2-0, uh, they haven't lost a game in what feels like an eternity. Last time they – I wasn't even engaged, and now I'm married by the time that they – that they uh, <laughs> the last time they lost a game. So I feel like it's been forever. Uh, but when you look at the – when you look at this Florida State team, what has been the secret to their success in – even in 2012, they won the conference. But 2012, 2013, 2014, a good start to this year. Not great, but what has been the secret to their success? Well, I think when you look back, um, you know, at the at the history since they last lost their last regular season game, as you said, um, in 2012 in November, they had two very good quarterbacks, um, and I think that Florida State fans had kind of forgotten how easy things were with Jameis Winston. You really didn't have a lot of the questions that you would have. Um, it was easy to take that for granted there for a couple of years, and that may be the difference if if we see a course change here this year. I think that's going to be the difference is whether or not they've got a quarterback who's able to perform so consistently and at such a high level, whether Everett Golson can step into those shoes or not. Um, but I think that really is, you know, I know the, the quarterback position sometimes can be considered a little overhyped. The Heisman always goes to a quarterback, things like that. But it really is a huge, huge component of a team's success, and that was something that Florida State really had nailed down since 2012. We're talking with Brittany Taylor Newman of football.com. Also, uh, catch her on the, the, get the, the personal blog, the dadgum debutante. Now, I have to ask. Okay. You know, <laughs> okay. You, you, you knew you were not getting away on this one. What does that mean? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm a Boston, I'm a true Boston Yankee. What does that mean? Um, I think it's just a juxtaposition of two different words. One that's a little bit more feminine. Obviously, you know, a debutante is, is a, wom- a woman of, you know, whatever certain graces i guess you would say down here in the south and dadgum is just you know another euphemism for a four-letter word that we're not supposed to say on the radio um (laughs) but the blog just covers you know southern culture and food and college football and country music and it's sort of all the things that i love that we have down here regionally um in the south but yes i noticed that you had dug that up you you obviously did a little googling <laughs> i i did i did my homework and i i found you on that and uh i i will, let's put it this way when i googled it it was one of the things that came up and i was like geez i got i gotta ask what that means i i, I was up here <laughs> talking about the dirty water and singing boston you're my home earlier so this is like anytime you take me out of new england i get a culture shock what can i say <laughs> well, I'm definitely excited. You know, as we talked earlier this week, I will be there this week in person for the game. It's my first trip to Boston. I am so excited. So you can feel free to keep throwing those terms into our chat this evening. I'm going to be taking notes. All right, sounds sounds good. I'll throw I'll throw a wicket and a pissa in there for you then. But <laughs> when we when we talk about Florida State and we talk about this year's team, a lot of the attention, you know, we talk about the quarterback position, obviously with Everett Golson, but it feels like this year, when it comes to the Seminoles, Dalvin Cook is really either necessar- not necessarily the focal point, but he's really the man. When you have a, a new quarterback and you have receivers that haven't worked with that quarterback, if you have an elite running back, you can always tend to, to lean back on that. How important is it for Boston College to take note where he is at any point in time on the field? Oh, it's absolutely important, um, and it's interesting. I was just listening to um, the weekly Jimbo Fisher call-in show um, a little bit ago before I called in to your show just to you know see if there was anything new that popped up. Um, but that was exactly how Coach Fisher described him. Is you know, there's every team's got to have a man, the guy, and I, it's it's one of those things where 
if if Boston College's defense is able to either put pressure on Golson or create the appearance of putting pressure on Golson, and because we saw last week that a couple of times he had time to throw the ball but felt a little bit panicked because of the appearance of pressure, and so he rushed rushed passes and threw the ball away. So if they're able to capitalize on that and make him feel pressured, he's not going to be effective or accurate. And that was what we saw happen in the first half of that game last week against USF. If that happens, they are going to rely very, very heavily on Dalvin Cook. Um, And, you know, one of the things I wrote about, I did a preview piece for the game today. One of the things that I wrote about the difference between Florida State and Boston College is that you've got a a couple of really, really good running backs. You know what I mean? You've got John Hilleman, um, Miles Willis, Tyler Rouse. Florida State has a couple of good guys behind Dalvin Cook, but it's really, when it comes down to numbers and production, it is really heavily dependent on Dalvin Cook. So if you're able to create that pressure and make sure that Golson feels it, and then keep an eye on Dalvin Cook, that's going to be really, really deadly for Florida State. Well, we will make sure that we get that article out to everybody. I was meant to send it out earlier, <laughs> and then and then work got in the – how dare work get in the way of football week? I mean, that is like – that is just that is just a crime, especially when it's what a Friday What is real life game. thinking? I, exactly. <laughs> so I blame my boss. She's a Holy Cross grad. She doesn't like Boston College, so whatever. But the, we, <laughs> when, we look, when we look at this matchup, Offense versus defense on both sides. Um, Florida State brings a lot to the table defensively. Again, the offense tends to get all of the attention because it scores points. They get they get the highlights all over SportsCenter. Everett Golson, Dalvin Cook, all those guys. But this is a very, very talented secondary. And for even though it's a run-first culture at Boston College, in terms of developing the passing game, they're going to have their hands full uh, with the Seminoles come come this weekend. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think on both sides, with both teams, I think the defense is going to play a huge role. Um, Florida State's defense, they've been able to hold the last two opponents that they've had to under 300 yards. So Seminole fans are obviously feeling optimistic about that. Um, They've tightened up their pass protection. That may not come into play as much, you know, obviously because Boston College utilizes the run game so much. Um, But, you know, flip side of that as well, it should be fairly easy for Boston College to kind of identify some of the tools that Jimbo Fisher will be using because, you know, as we saw in the first couple of weeks, they're still sort of finding their identity a little bit as an offense and sort of figuring out who Golson is and what he'll be doing. Um, the funny thing for me, I feel like this game, more so than any other game on the docket this weekend, both teams have questions about their identity. Um, you know, Florida State stemming from – the quarterback and and who Golson will which which version of Golson will show up for Boston College. It's not so much maybe that they don't know who they are. It's that the audience doesn't know. It's so tricky to look at this crazy crazy performance that they put on last Saturday and a a good performance the Saturday before that, and try to figure out exactly how good Boston College will be against other teams. And I'm sure sure BC fans are tired of hearing that. They've probably been hearing it for the last few days. Um, but, I mean, you got to look at that. They've only allowed 102 yards so far this season. That's crazy. Well, I know that when Florida State comes to town, it's going to be a very, very different look, uh, just in terms of fan support than the first two games that they had between uh, Howard and, and Maine. And, and certainly, any time that we talk about Florida State, the topic comes up about the fans. I know I've uh, 
I've taken uh, some shots from them. I know you've taken some shots from them, too. We've all taken shots from Florida State fans. Uh, SSU Twitter is not to be messed with, Dan. (laughs) No, I I, I learned that last year when I was out for a – when I was out on my, I was actually on my honeymoon and I took an absolute beating from them, um, which was great because I was out of the country. But I will never forget this as long as I live, and I'll leave, and I'll give you this one story because I have to digress. I was actually sitting at a swim up bar at my resort, and there was a guy wearing an FSU shirt, and his wife or girlfriend also had an FSU shirt. It was on that Saturday, and I struck up conversation with him when my wife went to go get another drink or something along those lines, and he was like, "Yeah," he goes boy, there was some blogger this week that like wrote some really awful stuff about Florida State. And I was like, yeah, he's a jerk. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> like, yeah, what a jerk. Um, but um, Who is that so, guy? Ah, who is that guy? I'm like, gee, I wish I could find him, give him a piece of my mind. We're not all like that. <laughs> uh, but when we talk about the fan support, and obviously there's you know hot topics about Florida State, but – this year, Jimbo Fisher has done a very good job of reeling in the troops. It's been a rough couple off seasons for him, but it seems like this year, Florida State, the hubbubaloo around them has kind of calmed down and we're back to football when we're talking about Florida State. Well, I certainly hope so for Jimbo Fisher's sake. Um, I think he's you know, kind of tired of probably dealing with a little bit of the circus. And some of that um, circus did certainly leave town when Jameis Winston did and has followed him down to Tampa and is just waiting for him to, you know, create another storyline. Um, but I think you really saw him trying to shut that down over the summer when a couple of the players, Dalvin Cook being one of them, got into trouble over a matter of like 14 days. There was two players that got in trouble. And he reportedly, he's never confirmed this, but reportedly uh, told players that they were not allowed to go to bars anymore. Um, you you definitely saw him sort of with the exit of James Winston, I think hit a wall where he's like, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. So I hope for his sake that, because I think it's just a distraction in the locker room, all of it. Um, And they, the the players are good. Their leadership council mandates that the players are not on social media during football season. And so hopefully they're shielded from a little bit of it. But what is left, um, certainly is going to be quieted if he can keep the players at home and out of trouble for a portion of the season. Well, Brittany Taylor Newman, enjoy Boston. Make sure you get some chowder. Make sure you have a couple of Sam Adams this weekend. <laughs> um, AJ, am I leaving anything out in there? I, we got a new Sam Adams brew that's like made with, uh, with, with, um, with, with actual water from the Charles River. So you can – I have no oh, idea God, how dude. that – Oh yeah, that's some. That's gonna be some real, some real crappy stuff. But oh, <laughs> shut the front door. I don't even. I, I, I don't even know. I'm not sure if I can. <laughs> well, if if you come up here, make sure you enjoy the stay. And uh, if, if there's anything that BC interruption can do to make that stay enjoyable, something short of allowing Florida State to win, let us know. Absolutely. If you want to have your your fans go ahead and tweet some suggestions to me. I should go post-game, pre-game. If they don't mind having a member of the media come crash their tailgate, I promise everything that happens at the tailgate will stay off record. <laughs> AJ, that's for you. W- my tailgate, my tailgate. <laughs> there's no way it stays off record because my tailgate's going to be just going to hot fest. Brittany, you have an open invitation to my tailgate. It's right down the. It's right across the way from the stadium. If you want to see some BC fans at their finest, just hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Brittany, thanks, thanks so thanks much for, for having me on, guys. 
hope hope Thanks, to do it Brittany. again soon. Absolutely. Was, Have a good night. That you was too. Brittany Taylor Newman from football.com who I think just rocketed up our favorite uh, our favorite guest list, AJ. Someone who actually says, I'll crash your tailgate and say what happens at your tailgate stays at your tailgate. You know what? My ta- like I said, my tailgate, I'll be lucky if, if someone doesn't wind up like passed out in a porta potty. Yeah, uh, she's, you know, the BCI crew is going to be apparently hitting up my tailgate this, today, uh, this week. So um, I'll be grilling and drinking and doing all sorts of stuff. And I could tell you, Unabashed. I, I'm excited that ESPN is going to be there. I don't give a crap about m- m- leaving my tailgate to go see that, though. That's my prerogative. I get three hours of tailgating, and uh, I don't really need to go see the the company that made my NFL life a living hell for the last eight months. So um, it's exciting to be there. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be I tailgating. Probably- I'm going to be eating food and drinking beer. So. I am probably going to introduce the national media audience to to what happens when you mix enough bush light with like calzone into my body. Mm. Yeah, oh, it's going to be uh, yeah, I am going to have like cheese stains on my shirt just going going ham and I'm going to the goal is to is to, for somebody to find an E30, bring it which stands for emergency 30, bring it dump some ice cubes into the case and just start going to town cuz this I am I'm that I'm that excited for Friday. Like I I showed up last the last two weeks. I didn't even have – well, last week I intended to have beer at my tailgate to make the game palatable, and then I forgot beer. So I had to go into that game without a single beer in my body because I didn't realize it until I was in the tailgate. And so the last two weeks I've been drinking water and iced tea to get ready for games. There's something that's inherently wrong about that. Um, yeah, I, would, I was on the same uh, you know, wavelength with you for that because those last two games it's been sunny and hot. And I just feel like absolute S after after the game because I just haven't drank enough water. So I've been going on my system of beer, beer, water, beer, beer, water, and just slugging as much water as I can. Friday's going to be a whole other story. It's a night game. I don't have to worry about getting dehydrated because of the sun. So uh, that water may uh, no, not, not factor into my my game plan for Friday. <laughs> Well, the best part is if you're able to get out of work early. Now, that's, that is one thing that when we switch gears to talk about the Friday game, that there is a concern, which there has been for the last two years, about attendance. And there's been a concern out of the, out of the face of the Boston College faithful. They've been uh, hammering us on the message or hammering Boston College in this regard on the message boards on, uh, on BC Interruption. And if you'd like to hammer them, please feel free to call in 646-200-0446. But anyways... The uh, if you're you know BC's kind of been taking a beating on attendance because attendance for the first two games was not well off. There's a concern, and there's a little bit of a concern on my side, and, and maybe there is on your side as well, that the traffic getting to the stadium on a Friday. We saw what happened last year. You know what happened two years ago. It's a problem. The, you know, there's no easy way to get to Boston College without having to sit on Com Ave, sit on the Pike, sit on Beacon Street, sit uh, coming through Newton. There's traffic everywhere. If you're even driving to the game, if you're taking the train, then you're stuck on rush hour on the train. It's a problem. If people aren't getting out of work early to come to this game, which maybe the draw of Florida State is going to change it, can Boston College have a problem with this game? You know that's that's the big argument on a Friday game, and based off the attendance in the first two weeks, AJ, is there a major disaster possibly brewing on their hands if it doesn't go according to plan? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if 
especially if BC goes out there and lays an egg. And, you, you know, we're BC fans. We're, we're, we're staying positive. Again, I'm going to throw it out there again. We have not seen what this team is able or not able to do against a, a legitimate opponent. The stats are gaudy against Howard and Maine. But I saw, I mean, I even saw flashes against Maine of things that concerned me. So they could go out there, and as much as we want to see them beat Florida State, Wade could go out there, struggle, which he's young. It could happen. And it could be a, a tough game for BC. And if that happens, attendance is going to be putrid for the rest of the season. And the, the my biggest concern in terms of this game is just that. We don't know what Boston College team we're going to see. You know, Again, I come back to my weekly kickoff thing, which if you haven't read it, it's available on, on, on our website. I know that's kind of a little bit of a, uh, of a, of a, of a shameless plug, but you know, each week on the first day of the week on Monday, I give a breakdown in terms of the weekly kickoff, and I use a couple of funny storylines for it. This week I used the Keanu Reeves classic of the replacement. Um, you know, I looked at it and I said, you know, we're never going to be Florida State. You know, Florida State is coming in when game time hits. It'll have been over 1,050-odd days since they last lost a game. Last three drafts, almost 30 Seminoles were picked, six of which in the last three years were picked in the first round. Boston College can't touch those numbers. A national championship, a college football playoff, a Heisman Trophy winner who became a number one overall pick, you know, Already you're hearing about Dalvin Cook for the Heisman. Jalen Ramsey's a number one pick. Roberto Aguayo is going to be kicking on Sundays. Boston College can't touch that team, so they have to do it as a team, not on individual talent. But if they can't mesh as a team under the team game, people are going to start pointing fingers. And whether or not I unfortunately think that may fall on Darius Wade, not to put undue pressure on him, but he has to go out and manage this game and open up the holes for the running game and deliver on his passes because if he doesn't, it's going to be a really fast turnaround for him. Like people, people aren't going to sit around and say, a lot of people were proclaiming this team as a nine win team that was going to beat Florida state. The music's going to change on Boston college if they go out and they're not in sync. Yeah. You know, I think Darius Wade is the, is the prime example of what we're going to be looking at. And he's, again, the biggest, probably for me, Wade of, above anyone else on this team is the reason that I'm hesitant about the schedule so far. The defense, they'll be fine. I really think they're going to still be a top, you know, a top 20 defense, possibly a top 10 defense uh, all around. I think they have the talent, the depth to do that. The running backs will be fine. Wide receivers, I have no idea. I can't really tell off the, uh, you know, right now. But Wade, he's the one that I don't know. He, I mean, he looks good. Um, but he hasn't faced anything yet. And if he can't manage against a team like Florida State, a team that's really good, uh, but if he can't keep the team in, you know, within a score or 10 points throughout most of the game, people are going to turn, you know. And the murmurs are start, are slow right now with Jeff Smith. But you talk to some people and you, you hear what they think, and you have to wonder if Wade struggles, if Wade can't connect, or if the the weapons aren't there for him and it's just not set up for him to be successful, you have to wonder at what point people are going to start calling for Jeff Smith to get the job. Yeah, and, and that's not trying to generate a quarterback controversy by any means. That is just merely no, no, stating. At all. 
that it is a that that is that is a fact. Boston College fans were notoriously fickle on the coaching staff last year because they only had one option at quarterback. Uh, you know, they they got their wish in some regards. They got a passing style offense, uh, a real Steve Adazio offense to go along with the run. But now you have to you have to ask yourself. You have the weapons. They've talked. Steve Adazio has talked about the weapons at the wide receiver position that they have speed. Now they just have to put it all together. And putting it all together is something that, you know, after two games, if you're looking at them saying we've only allowed 100 yards total in two games, you know, they're one of the best defenses in the country. It doesn't matter who the opponent was. Look how great they did. Even if they took a step back, they'd still be elite against an offense that's coming in without having thrown an interception. No interceptions, 500 yards through two games, almost 550 yards running, five touchdowns for Dalvin Cook alone. This is not a Florida State team that can be taken lightly. Now, that said, they haven't played anybody either. Everett Golson this year, 65% completion percentage, and people didn't like him in the first half. He was one for nine or some ridiculously awful number against South Florida. AJ, it goes both ways. If Florida State comes in and lays, and lays a, a, a juicy one on, on Boston College and they're, and they're not, you know, they lay an egg, a, a big, stinking, rotten egg. <laughs> Everett Golson's going to have to deal with the murmurs because while they can sit back and say, well, you know what, we'll, we'll rely on Dalvin Cook. Guess what? USC tried that last year running the ball. It didn't work out well for them. You know, then they started throwing the ball all over the place. But Cody Kessler was never the same quarterback the rest of the season. Golson has a guy behind him who can start. Sean McGuire, I think, is a better option. How quick is the leash on him if this defense starts rattling him really badly? You're right, uh, and, and, and that's the thing with power conference teams like Florida State, those factory schools. They, their leashes are so short. I mean, I was watching the Georgia football game the other day, and they were playing uh, Vanderbilt, and they have uh, Grayson Lambert, who's a transfer quarterback from Virginia as their starting quarterback. He earned it through the spring. He went out and lit up University of Louisiana Monroe their first game. He goes out and goes like five of 10 or five of 12 on his first, like three sets of downs. They yank him, they pull him out and they brought price Ramsey in these. And, that, and that's just kind of, you know, an example of what these schools are like. I could easily see Everett Golson not even making it through the game. If he struggles, if he starts to struggle and BC can get to him, they'll throw Sean McGuire out there. Cause that's just kind of the way those schools work. Um, I think BC has a little bit of the, um, the, the privilege to kind of sit back and evaluate their quarterback situation and pick the best choice. But a school like FSU, they have no tolerance for failure. They're going to go out there and they're going to put the best quarterback out there. And if, if that's not Golson that day, they're going to yank him. Yeah. I mean, we could see Sean McGuire on Friday. Yeah. I, I wholly agree with that. And, and some of the other things that I think, I think, you know, this Florida state defense is very good. Are they elite? We'll find out the offensive line can be very good. Are they elite? We'll find out. They're asking some of the same questions. And then you have to ask about Florida State's mental makeup. Um, I come back again, one of the quotes that I used on, on Monday. Hey, Shane Falco, I lost a ton of money on that Sugar Bowl disaster of yours. What a bloody shambles that was. You could smell the stink all the way back in bloody Wales. I lost so much money in one of my pools. If gambling were legal, I would have lost this much money because Florida State got blown out. In in that uh, in that in that Rose Bowl against Oregon, I got to, like I I had it pinpointed. It was, it was point spreads involved. I got 
destroyed in that pool thanks to that game against Oregon. They lost 59-20. to But what is the one thing that came out of that game that Florida State's mental makeup, AJ, if challenged properly, if challenged properly in the right way, could potentially be a gigantic Achilles heel because they folded so badly against Oregon that if some team comes out and gets them on the run, we don't know this year if Florida State is going to be mentally tough enough to take it. Yeah, I think – I don't know if that was just a reflection on Winston or if that was the team in general. But I think that that's kind of, again, back to what Adazio said earlier this week about punching them in the mouth. You hit them first and hit them hard, let's see what they're capable of doing. Two years ago, they came – you know, we did that. We, we were up like two scores at one point against Florida State. And they showed that back then they had the moxie. Last year, in the midst of all the Winston controversy and all the um, – you know, all the players and, you know, suspensions and things like that, they did not seem like that same team. Winston seemed much more mortal. He seemed much more, you know, beatable. And Everett Golson, I don't know. He Again, he's not a quarterback that strikes me as someone who will get hit and then come back. He's He doesn't strike me as a, you know, a tough player. And I think that Adagio is right. That's going to be the key. Punch him in the mouth put him on his butt send you know brown has said uh, up and down that he hasn't used much of his defensive plans already which is exciting because that front seven's been nasty the first two games send them after golson as much as you can and put him on his butt that first quarter and really set that tone they set that tone it could be a whole different ball game and everybody keeps coming back to that USC game. You have to think about the creativity that went into that USC game, what we hadn't seen before. And one of the things that I guess I'm really excited for is to see what this offense we haven't seen before. And I'm also thinking what, what Steve Adazio has up his sleeve. In a shortened week, I, I found this great article on, on, of all websites, Bleacher Report, which you know, Bleacher Report is what it is. It's like reading the Huffington Post at times. But, you know, it's, there was this good article that I saw on, on that ab- actual website, which de- detailed in interviews with coaches each, of, each day leading up, to a, leading up to a game and the fact that Sunday is your transition game. But on the same time, if, even if you're not if – you're, if you're going on the other side – um, you know, Monday, it's your film day. Tuesday, it's your, it's your work day. Wednesday is all in. Thursday is tighten it up. Friday is the walkthrough. Saturday is the game. You lose the breakdown on the transition day on Sunday. Why did you lose that transition day? Because you have a short week. Florida State has to travel on Wednesday for a Friday game. Thursday is the walkthrough. They can't, uh, maybe they travel up on Thursday in the morning and Friday is the walkthrough. Or and Thursday night is the walkthrough. Either way, when you talk about Florida State, they don't have time to get creative. They don't have a chance to get as creative as Boston College could be come Friday night. And I think that means you can learn a lot more from the first two games on Florida State than you can about Boston College. They just don't have the time to put it in. Uh, yeah, and I think we're going to talk about that more as the year as the week goes on. Um, in some of our posts that Dan and I are working on, you know, there are stuff, there's going to be plays, there's formations, there's, you know, plays that we have just not seen yet that they're hold. I, I honestly believe that they're holding out. 
um, for for uh, Florida State. And, uh, you know, it's already been said it's on defense. But some of those X-factor things that we have not seen yet, you know, um, I'm, I, I know as watching football all weekend long, those DraftKings commercials are probably the most friggin' annoying things that you've ever seen. Um, I play a little bit. I dabble. My wife and I both do it. Um, and I've picked in my in the college football picks, Sherm Alston the last two weeks. And he has done jack crap for me and probably cost me a you know a couple bucks uh, by not playing uh, or doing all that much. This week, I have to say, I got to think, he's going to be a bigger part of that that uh, that uh, that offense. And I'm going to throw it out there again. It's been my kind of talking point of the week. I would not be surprised if Jeff Smith comes out. And it's not to say that Wade's not, not to get him out of a rhythm, but to really try to throw around, uh, throw off Florida State's defense. But if Jeff Smith comes out for certain packages during certain drives to really try to throw a, a wrench in them by, you know, running an option offense every now and then, uh, that could be kind of the offense that uh, Adazio's held back. He looks ready for it. If that's what they want to do, it could really add a fun uh, uh, you know, a fun angle to BC's offense. Well, when we talk about that, the best case or the best thing to look at is the national champions of 2006, the Florida Gators. 13-1, and one, they did lose a game, finished the, obviously, as the top-ranked team. They lost a game in the SEC. Urban Meyer led them to the national championship. In that season, okay, Chris Leak threw the ball 365 times for 3,000 yards, 23 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. But here's the thing. You look at what Leak also did in running the ball 77 times for three touchdowns. Didn't gain a ton of yardage. He wasn't used that way. Freshman Tim Tebow in that lineup with Chris Leak threw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. But Tebow was the second best runner on that team behind only Deshaun Wynn. He gained 469 yards on 89 attempts with eight touchdowns. That's in a quarterback position. That was when he had to jump throw into the end zone. You had Leak and you had Tebow, and if you let one start to roll the dice on you, you had no chance, no chance whatsoever at being able to stop either one of them. Now, I say that because that was 2006. That was almost 10 years ago. Steve Adazio was the offensive coordinator that won a national championship. They destroyed Ohio State in that national championship game. You don't think that with a guy like Jeff Smith and a quarterback like Darius Wade or even a, a guy like a Troy Flutie who can throw the ball, that there isn't something mixing around in those wheels to come out and run this offense similar to that 06 Florida Gators to reach back and find some of the magic that they had back then. Yeah, you're seeing it all over the football. I mean, look at Ohio State right now. Um, I mean, it looks, and I didn't watch last week's game, but it looks like there's possibility that they're going to go with Cardale Jones and um, uh, Barrett for the rest of the season, you know, mixing them up and then throwing, um, um, what's his face, Braxton Miller in there as well to run the Wildcat. It can only help, you know. BC doesn't, ha as much as people want to yell and scream that we have people and that we have people at wide receiver. I haven't been thoroughly impressed by what I've seen, but again, they haven't really run a lot of passes um, with the speed on some of those wide receivers. Seen a lot of them getting jammed up at the wide, at the line of scrimmage and really struggling to make, um, you know, get separation. And I, I worry about how that's going to ha uh, you know, affect the game plan against Florida State, where you have Jalen Ramsey, one of the fastest players in the country, lined up at cornerback. Um, so what do you do? You can, you can, you know, 
keep trying to smash a, a, a wooden peg through a round hole, or you can try some different things. You can really see if you can catch them off guard. You can do some plays. And it's, it's not that different, honestly, than what they did last year with Tyler Murphy. You throw guys around, you move them, you do a lot of movement. And, and just, it's just more of a package. Um, it's more of a package change than a, a play formation change. And I, I think BC should. I honestly think it puts all the quarterbacks in the best position to succeed. And it's going to be the best opportunity for us to put points up against a good defense. Well, one of the things that I stressed at the beginning of the year in the Atlantic Division preview uh, up on Mark Rogers TV was that Boston Col- when they when he asked me who's going to be the surprise team in the Atlantic Division, I said Boston College is not going to win the division. Um, I don't think they can go out and finish ahead of Clemson, Florida State, and Louisville all in the same season. I just don't I just don't see it. Even though Louisville is zero and two, and to be honest. I have questions about Louisville, which I which I have repeated thousands of times over that I was not sold on the quarterback position, and sure enough, I was right. Lamar Jackson is not the answer. He looked like crap last Saturday, and Reggie Bonifant was pulled for Jackson in that first game. Um, now they've lost to Houston 34-31. I shouldn't say he looked like crap, but he didn't do enough to win the game. They lost to Auburn. They lost to Houston. Now they get Clemson. They lose this week. They're 0-3 that season, and that surprise team that could win the Atlantic division. They could still win the Atlantic division, but it's over. I mean, they're 0 and three. They're not going to a national championship at that point. That leaves you with Clemson, Florida state and somebody else. Don't think Boston college is going to win the Atlantic division. I do think that Boston college is going to cost somebody the division. I think they're capable of beating anybody. They're not at the point when they can win the division yet. But I think that they are at the point as a program with the foundation to just simply beat somebody that they're not supposed to beat. They did it last year against USC. They almost beat Florida State. AJ, they're, they're going to cost somebody a trip to the ACC championship game, a, a chance at a New Year's Six game. What better way to do it than to take out the big bad Seminoles? It, it's, it, it's right there for the taking. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. But, boy, that potential's there. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a Florida State team that is just – it's ready. This is what – you know, this is what BC needs to do. You know, I, I wish we had Tyler Murphy again this year. Not no Again, no knocks to Darius Wade. It's just if we had a, a, a season quarterback for another year, I would, I would absolutely put BC as a favorite in this game. I, I absolutely would. But I think that – inexperience and with Wade is what kind of makes me a little hesitant. However, our defense is disgusting. They are really good. And I think yeah. that's not, I don't think that's been a fluke. My God, that center of that defense with Gutafel and, um, and Gwoziak are incredible. The two of them are going to be all ACC players. And then they're rolling out and it looked like it against Howard. Like they must've had like eight defensive ends playing all of them they were interchangeable. They all looked like they were getting pressure on the quarterback. They looked big and they were fast. And that's exciting against a team like Florida state, because if they can turn, if they can contain Dalvin cook, which is a huge undertaking in itself, but if they can contain him and make Florida state one dimensional and then hope that they can kind of score some points that really puts BC in the driver's seat. That really makes them the favorites in this game. And that could put them in a good position. And I think the the defense is going to do that all year long, but this is the game that I think 
the defense matches up perfectly against Florida State's, uh, Florida State's strength, which is their running attack. BC's got a nasty, nasty rushing defense, and Florida State's strength on offense is their rushing game. Can BC's defense hold them? We're going to have to wait Friday to see. Well, if there's one thing that I guess I, I focus on, and maybe this is just me in terms of atmosphere, there's something I really want to see Boston College capitalize on. You know what comes out this week, right? What? Black Mass. Oh, God. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I'm going there. There is a certain attitude to the city of Boston uh, that I think Boston College is starting to encapsulate. Um, you know, people look at us up here, and there's a preconceived notion, and, and, and this is where I kind of transition to, yes, I'm going to talk about the Florida State fan base. Um, like I was joking with Brittany earlier during the interview, I mean, I, I, I took some, some – I created and took some major abuse from the, uh, from, from the Florida State fan base. You know, FSU Twitter is not something to that, that you trifle with, apparently, or so I've been told. And so I learned. You know, FSU fans, they've got a bad boy image. FSU's team has a bad boy image. You know, that's something that even though they're working to, to clean up the program and clean up all the issues that they had the last two years, Florida State is the new Miami. When you think about Miami in the 80s and the renegade team that, did, that, that bucked the trends and bucked tradition – and came out and just played football. They were the bad boys. And as the years have gone on, those Miami teams have kind of taken on a little bit of their shine because of how bad they were. But people hated them back in the day. People hated them. People hated the Detroit Pistons in, in the 80s and 90s when they were the bad boys. People do not like Florida State right now. And I, I understand it. I say it. I do not care for that, te- for that team the way that it was the last couple of years. But I say this to you, A.J., Boston has an attitude that, not necessarily to be the bad boys, but we get our hands dirty. Steve Adazio is the type of coach who likes to get his hands dirty. I think this team, if they go out and they grind out a perfect Boston-style victory, oh, this team's going to go places in this city. Yeah, it, it could be one of those setting the tones. Like, you know, Adazio knows it. He, he, he has, year after year, you know, he's put this team as a gritty, down-in-the-dirt type of play, team. They're not a flashy, you know, run it and, you know, run the four verts, you know, offense with a shotgun and fancy uniforms. That's not what BC football is about under Adazio. It'll never be that. He wants teams that are gritty, that show that kind of – I hate – you know, I rip on guys on – it, you know, the NFL that do this all the time, but it, it's so true with BC that are gritty, that are down in the dirt, that are, you know, hustlers, they, these guys that want to, you know, beat up somebody that, you know, the, the, the favorites and be that underdog, that's their mentality. And we saw what happened last year when we beat USC, a team that came in, they had a 17 point spread uh, in their favor. We went in there and we, we, we kicked the crap out of them. Uh, you know, it was close at the end, but we still did it. Everything's lined up for BC to do that again on sun, so on a Friday. Let's do it. Let's show, let's set that tone again, make ourselves that tough, tough underdog team that can win some games when you don't expect it. It'll be a fun season if they start that off. Yeah. And I think that will garner them. So the, the team that beats the team that knocks off Florida state, 
is the team that will get all of that national attention. And and really, when you think of Boston College, I still get the sound clip. It's the very, very first game that Steve Adazio ever coached at Boston College. Trying to get this queued up here. Repeat it after me, man. The team. The team. The team. The team. The family. The family. The family. The I come back to that because, A.J., this will be my last point before we send this one into the rest of the week. This is not a game where you say Boston College is playing Florida State. This is a game where we are playing Florida State. Yep. We have to get behind this team. Fans, if you're debating whether to go or not, go. Go. We need we, – USC, the, the atmosphere was electric. The team fed off of it. I want to see you guys get out there. If you can't, you know um, – get friends, get anyone you can to come with you. There's still tickets available. I actually, while we're on there on the show today, I was actually buying tickets for some of my friends that are coming. Get everyone there. We need to fill that stadium. I don't want to listen to that friggin' tomahawk chop for three hours. Blast them out. I don't, let's get behind our team. Let's get that band blasting us cheering for BC. Let's soar. Let's do it. Friday night, let's get behind Boston College football and let's win. Well, the Boston College Eagles will take on the Florida State Seminoles. Depending on your poll, the Knolls are either ranked 6th or they're ranked ninth. They will be coming to town, and they will be bringing a lot of uh, headdress-wearing, tomahawk-chopping fans with them. It's the really going to be a great atmosphere. Boston College and Florida State, an 8 p.m. start. On the Worldwide Leader, it's on ESPN proper. It's not on the U. It's not on ESPN2. It's not on ESPN3. It's on the mothership up there at ESPN. It's going to be a great atmosphere. A lot of special things in store. Make sure you wear your red bandana or be one of the first 25,000 into the stadium to pick up a red bandana that will be given out by Boston College to honor the man himself, the man who saved 12 people on the – 9-11, Mr. Wells Crowther. It'll be a great atmosphere along with so many other things. A big thank you to Brittany Taylor Newman for joining us as a, an ACC blogger. I think we're going to have to have her back on, AJ. She she made us look a lot better than we are. We'll see if she comes to my tailgate. I think she's probably a little scared. <laughs> <laughs> now, I would be scared. I'd be more scared of my tailgate than your tailgate. My tailgate, is there's going to be a dead body by the time game time rolls around. I can almost guarantee it. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, it's right, well, uh, yeah. That's that's the only thing I can tell you is if you see someone, you know, throwing his pants over the side of a, of one of the garages, that that might be one of my guys. So just throwing that out there. Nice. Well, stay safe, Dan. I don't want to. I'll see you on the field when we uh, storm it again. Yeah, I, I look forward to it, and I I certainly hope though. Though I don't think it's going to happen. I really do hope that I I am wrong, and I I say that I'm not jinxing this team by any means. Again, 8 p.m. on on Friday night. Show up 8 p.m. on Saturday night. You're not going to see a football game. It's uh, Boston College and Florida State on ESPN. AJ will have plenty of coverage this week, and then next week I might not be on, but we'll still be back to recap it in some capacity. So keep it tuned to BC Interruption for all of the preview and recap as the week draws and weekend commences. Mr. A.J. Black, any final thoughts? No, I'm just excited to see some real football finally. It's been three weeks and eight months or whatever since we've actually seen a real football game at Chestnut Hill. Um, 
I want to see every. I want to see the fans out there. I'm really excited to see what this team's going to look like. Um, it's going to be a tough game for both teams. Let's just hope that we're the we're the victors in this one. Well, AJ, we'll see you on Friday, hopefully at the 50 yard line. If not, I'll see you in the tailgate lots. Until then, everybody, we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Keep it tuned to BC Interruption for more information throughout the week. Until then, folks, have a great rest of your night. And as always, AJ, one last order of business. Go Eagles. Woo! Go, go Eagles, everybody. We'll see you next week.